Thank you, Jesus. Everybody can hear me? Almost. You guys doing good? How many is excited about this year? Woo! Welcome to 2020. God's doing so many amazing things already, and I'm just so glad that we're a part of this move of God. Amen? So today, I'm closing up our series on Ridiculous Faith, and we are on week four. How many of you have enjoyed the Ridiculous Faith series? Clap anyway, even if you didn't. How could you not enjoy the word? Amen. And if you've missed any of the teachings, you can jump online and catch up. And I encourage you to do that because you catch so much more when you don't have these little distractions in the church too. So I just encourage you to do that. But I'm excited about 2020. It's the year of miracles. And so next week, I am going to start a series called Miracles Happen. Miracles happen. We're going to talk about the Word of God. I'm going to teach you about miracles so that you can have your expectancy of what a real miracle is. Amen? Because I'm not just talking about getting a dollar raise or a $5 raise. I'm talking about something supernatural that only God can do. Amen? So we're going to be teaching four weeks on miracles in the Word of God. And we're going to be talking about miracles happen in deliverances, miracles of healing, miracles of protection, and miracles of provision. And so it's going to be an exciting series. I've just enjoyed studying it myself, and so I can't wait. But today we're going to finish up Ridiculous Faith, and I love the one that I'm closing with because I believe it's going to bring it all together and is necessary for, one, receiving the miracles that are coming your way this year. They're already there, amen, Um, but really positioning yourself where you need to be for this great year that's ahead of us. And so uh, the first week of Ridiculous Faith, we talked about getting your call on how Elijah Elijah passed his mantle to Elisha, and you are mantled with the grace and the anointing of God, amen. The second week, I think, was my favorite teaching, burning plows. Elisha burned his plow. There's no going back. Say, there's no going back. Not going back to the old ways. We're burning anything that brought comfort or security, and we're pressing on to what God has, amen, and that's a good thing to do. And then last week, we talked about digging ditches being faithful in the grind, continue to honor God, obey God, trust God, and expectant that it's about to rain, amen? So this week, I'm going to close it up with a title I gave, Ridiculous Recovery. Ridiculous Recovery, and the subtitle is uh, Getting Your Edge Back of the Things That You've Lost in Your Life. Now, I'm not talking about materialistic things this morning. I know God wants to give us materialistic things and to bless us, But what the Lord put in my spirit for this teaching is the areas of your life that you have lost spiritually, where we've lost our spiritual edge, where we may come to church and we we love the word and we love worship, but we go home, we've lost our relationship with Jesus. We've lost our fire. We've lost our, our passion. And I'm telling you, every one of us sitting in this room, including me, have at some point in our journey lost our passion. And it's something that you're going to have to be honest with and recognize that that first love you had with God and when you first got saved and all you were excited about may not be manifesting in your journey right now. And God wants to give that back to you in this season. We have to get our passion back. We have to get our expectancy back. We have to get our, our zeal back for the house of the Lord, amen, our zeal for worship and the word of God. And we can find ourselves going year after year and not realizing that you have lost your passion for Jesus Christ. And you may still come to church on Sunday and still have a great experience, but you've lost that relationship and that fire with God. And I know the Lord wants to bring that back to you. So I want you to recognize as we go through this teaching today and be honest with yourself. 
and say, I may be in a place in my relationship with Christ that I need to get back on fire again. Amen. I need to get my passion back. And if you're a new believer in here, you probably are so full of zeal, you're like, I don't even know what she's talking about. Because when you first get saved, you are so excited and you do wonderful things for the Lord. But it's when this relationship wanes and you have disappointment and betrayal and you don't understand seasons and times that we don't realize that we've lost something that we need back in our life. And you need this to experience this next season. This is the most critical part, I believe, of this message. Because if you don't get your passion back for your relationship with Jesus, you'll see all the blessings just pass you by because you're not having faith of expectancy to reach out and grab them, amen? So this morning, maybe there's a passion for God that you've lost in your relationship, or maybe you've lost the joy of the Lord that is your strength. You know, when you have joy, true joy in your heart, no matter what you're going through, joy gives you contentment. Because when you have the joy of the Lord, you go, I don't understand this, but I know God's got it under control. And so maybe we've lost some joy here or some hope or Maybe you've had great faith in the past and, and you're believing God for big things and things were happening, but we've lost our faith and our ability to trust God for big things along the way. We're not praying for much anymore. In this series, I want you to discover that you had something very important spiritually prior to this moment, right? You had something very important, but you lost it along the way. You've lost it along the way, and God wants to give it back to you. So we're going to study Elisha this morning. We're going to continue in our journey with Elisha. And one of the things about Elisha, if you'll study him out, he did the most incredible, unusual miracles in the Word of God. It's recorded that he did the most miracles in the Bible besides Jesus. Jesus did the most, but of a prophet, he was, did the most miracles. And I want to share some miracles that he experienced in his life. And one of them, he healed the poison body of water. There was a, a body of water for community that fed them, and it became poison and toxic, and people were getting sick and dying, and women were barren and weren't giving birth to children. And so Elijah just showed up on the scene and blessed the water, and the water became healthy again. Like, what a powerful prayer, amen? When you're praying over your food and your drinks, thank you, Jesus. It is blessed and sanctified, right? And so that's what he did. And, and then the Bible says that he raised a boy from the dead. Uh, he provided for a widow, which we learned extensively about last week. He healed the commander of the army of leprosy, Naaman. He was full of leprosy, which represents sin. And uh, Elisha showed up and said, go dip in the water seven times and you're going to be healed. And we saw that miracle take place, right? And then he, he blinded the entire army so that God could prevail. And these are incredible miracles, aren't they? I mean, seeing the dead raised and the blind eyes open. And these are things that we're believing God for his church in these, in these days that we're living in. But there's this one miracle about Elisha that I've never fully understood. And as it's kind of positioned in the word of God, I always thought, what does this miracle mean? Because it just doesn't make sense. So I dug in it and I asked the Holy Spirit to give me revelation. And I believe he gave me a real, real word for you today of a miracle that needs to take place in your life. Amen. So in this story, he was a young prophet, a young boy, who uh, said, we need to go uh, chop down some wood and build a bigger facility. And he took his axe, and he went out there, and he began to chop down, right? He's swinging his axe, and he was just chopping down these trees. And in the middle of swinging his axe, his axe head flew off of the handle and into the water and disappeared, sunk to the bottom. It was made of iron. And then Elisha shows up, and he raises it miraculously, throws a stick in and raises it to the top, and he reaches out and grabs it. Well, if you look at comparison to all these other miracles that Elisha did, what is the big deal about an axe head? Like, what significance does it have that this axe head went to the bottom and then it got resurrected? Well, I believe many things. 
I believe God cares about the small things of your life also. Not just the big things, but God cares about the small things that matter. He cares about your children, uh, maybe the tests that they're going through. He cares about headaches in your body. He cares about the things that you are struggling with, amen? So we're believing God for big things, but know that he cares about every little thing matters to the heart of God, amen? And if you look at this iron, the iron was heavy, and in that time, iron was very expensive, and the rich could only afford the iron. And so here's this young, poor prophet, and he's just trying to get his education, and he said, I borrowed this axe head, and now it's fallen to the bottom, and he needed the miracle to have it come back. So that's what we're going to look into, okay? So in this portion of the story, Elijah had, had mantled Elisha with his calling, put the mantle on him. Now, Elisha began to move in all of these miracles, all of these signs and wonders, and there was a generation of young boys who said, I, we love what Elisha is doing. We want to learn how to be a prophet too. So Elisha actually built a school for prophets to learn how to be prophetic. I never really saw that in this story until I began to dig deep that he built a center to train them. I think there were over 400 in his Bible college at the time. And uh, that's where we find ourselves. They were called the sons of prophets. If you'll read the word, you hear sons of prophets or a gathering of prophets. Well, that was the school. And they were learning and being trained. And so that's where we find ourselves in this story. And what happened is they outgrew the school that they were being trained in, and they needed a bigger facility. They needed a church growth campaign, amen? A building campaign. So let's look at 2 Kings verse, chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, and I'm just setting this story for you. It says this, The company of the prophets said to Elisha, The prophet said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to Jordan, where each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servant? And Elisha said, I will. And he went with them. They went to Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron, iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? Everybody say, where did it fall? Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha took a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out. Everybody say, lift it out. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and he took it. He took it. I want to give you this revelation this morning. Number one, God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose. See, in this journey with God and our love relationship with Lord, we, we have lost our edge. We've lost our passion, and God wants you to know today that he wants to give it back to you, amen? He cares about what you've lost, and he wants to help you find it, and you need the hand of the Lord to bring that miracle into your life, amen? What, what is the acts metaphorically of? Your passion, your zeal, sharing the love of Jesus Christ, expecting signs, wonders, and miracles in your life. So I want to ask you this morning, have you lost your spiritual edge? This is between you and the Lord. Have you lost your spiritual edge? We have to be honest with ourselves, amen, that I'm not where I was when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ. I'm not as excited about the word as I was 15, five years ago. I'm not as excited about worship or the word of God or, or worshiping God or even being a part of the fast. Somewhere along the way, my axe had fallen into the water and I find myself empty. And we have to be honest with the Lord, amen? 
so that we can get our zeal back. And maybe I want to share some things with you that maybe brought you to this place so that you can have a realization but maybe where you used to have Christian friends around you and, and celebrating one another and, and koinonia. And, and Christian friendships isn't just having someone who knows the Lord, but it, koinonia is having a food and fellowship. It's having intimacy with a Christian friend. And we need Christian friends to surround your life. You need to have cutting-edge friends who, who know how to lead you to faith, who know how to pray with you, who know how to encourage you. And we can be in the world and we can reach our friends for Jesus, but we need to be surrounded by Christian influences in our life. Amen? We need Christians so that if you're going through something, you can pick up the phone and call somebody and say, man, I'm struggling and I'm going through this or I'm frustrated. And they will lead you to the word. They will lead you to Jesus. They will lead you to the promises of God. But maybe you found yourself reclusive and all alone and abandoning the Christian relationships, and that may have caused you to lose your edge with Christ. Or maybe you used to serve in the local church and you brought so much joy for you to serve. Maybe you love participating and, and using your gifts and allowing God to flow through your life, but something happened and maybe you got busy and you put your gifts on the back burner and you stopped serving for a while and, and you thought, I'll get back into it, but I'm, I can't right now. And then you find yourself, you never really got back in the groove again. And now we just find ourselves coming to church. Listen, there's no greater joy than to come to church and fulfill your purpose and your calling. There's no greater joy than coming to the house of God and taking care of God's house, amen? And it may be as simple as stuffing the chairs in here and making all those cards beautiful for people to come on in and we look like a, a church of excellence. That gift is necessary in the house of God. You know, there are people in this room that can go back to our children's ministry, and you're creative, and you can teach, and you probably know how to write your own curriculum, and you know how to animate, and you have the anointing for children, but you find yourself not serving anymore because we've lost our edge. We've gotten comfortable with being about us and our world and, and ourselves instead of saying, I need to get my edge back. I need to get my fire for the house of God back, amen. I need to get my joy back for serving God. I need to get my, my love back for worship. I need to get my axe back, and it's missing. Maybe some of you had a passion for prayer, and you'd get up every morning, and you're that prayer warrior, and, and I love to pray. And you're that prayer warrior, and you love to believe God, and you'll pray for people. And, and somewhere along the way, you've lost that passion, and you don't find yourself praying at all. Find yourself more frustrated, waking up more discouraged, more frustrated, right? It's not important anymore. Maybe you like to share your faith, and you find yourself not sharing your faith with anybody anymore. You don't share the gospel of Jesus. Or the big one is maybe you've had eroded standards where the compromise of the world has just oozed into your life and you find yourself where you used to never compromise, you do. And maybe you think, well, it's been private and it doesn't hurt anybody, it's just my life. But what you don't understand is it hurts you. It causes that ax to fall off your edge, and you're swinging at life, and you're trying to do, do God and do your life and raise your children and work, and you haven't realized that your ax has fallen into the water, and you've lost your edge. You can sit here and you say, how did I get here? I've been here a couple times in my journey. How did I get here? I love God so much. I love his word. I love his house. I love everything, yet I am not happy about the things of God anymore. I'm not passionate. I don't have a zeal. I don't wake up expectancy. I don't even want to fast. I don't, I don't have any miracles. I don't even know what God wants to do. How did I get here? I used to, but now I don't. And those are the areas that I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to in our lives. Amen? And I want you to understand that the devil is not a respecter of persons. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And that's what his assignment is against you. He's here to destroy who you are in Christ Jesus and make you feel like you're not good enough, that you don't deserve the blessings of God. You don't deserve to get back to where you were at. And God wants you to reach out by faith, and I'm going to teach you how to do that this morning. In my personal walk with God, when I first got saved, I was so on fire for God. I fell so in love with Jesus. There was no going back. I mean, I was all in for God. And when I got saved, I tell you what, I went street witnessing. I went to the hospitals and walked through the hallways in the days you could do that. I went through all the classes. I was just on fire for God. And then I joined full-time ministry. And I did not understand that ministry was going to have the challenges that it had. And here I am, I love God, and I'm on fire for God, and I'm doing great things for God. And then the ministry, and, and people, not this church, because this church is so awesome. I'm going to be really honest. This church is so healthy, and every one of you are amazing. But our first ch- church transplant, or tra- transplant church plant that we did, it was challenging. And people were mean, and they were hard, and they spoke against my family, and, and they were critical and judgmental. And here I was going 20 years old. I'm like, I love Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya, right? And then I had this rude awakening that there are hurt people in church. And I didn't expect that. And you know what? I found myself, even though I loved God, I was a full-time pastor with a part-time relationship with Jesus. I didn't realize that I had lost that intimacy with God. I had lost that love for God's house. I had lost that love for God's people. And I'm a pastor. Now, I didn't get into sin. I didn't get into compromise, but I would read my Bible enough to prepare a lesson for you, for them. But uh, I wouldn't have my personal relationship time with the Lord. I wouldn't just open up the Word because I love the Lord and study scriptures. And you know what I'm talking about. Were you just hungry for the word? Not because I got to do it and I got to get a word and I got to teach. No, it lost your edge. Remember the days you'd wake up, I couldn't wait to put on some teachings. I had to learn from the word of God. I listened to every radio show there was. And back in those days, that's all you had. I Christian radio and I'd, take my, I'd be working and I'd be listening with one ear and I'd try to hear the word. I was so hungry for the word. And then I find myself waking up not really hungry for the word of God not listening to a teaching, nothing to build my faith, no personal relationship with God. And I woke up one day and realized, oh my gosh, I'm just going through the motions. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's so easy to get stuck in going through the emotions when God says, I want you to get on fire again. And if you want to do that, if you really want to get to that place where you were, you are going to have to be intentional with this assignment in these first few weeks. You're going to have to be intentional with what God has for you, and I'm going to teach you how to do that in just a minute. But maybe you're here this morning, and you're a full-time parent, but you're a part-time follower of Christ. Maybe you're a full-time business owner, but you're a part-time follower of Christ. Maybe you're a full-time student, but you find yourself a part-time follower of Christ. The wonderful thing is you didn't mean to drift away from God. Amen? You didn't mean to lose that edge. And what happens when you lose your edge, you become unhappy. You become depressed. You go back to old patterns and behavior. person that was set free from addictions find themselves in, in addiction again because they've lost their edge from God. They lost that spiritual edge. Amen? When you don't have that intimacy with God, when you don't have that relationship with the Father, I'm talking Monday through Saturday, you know, that, that intimacy at home, not at church, you find yourself empty and hollow because God is looking more than just a 
35-minute service at church, a 15-minute worship, this is not enough. God says you need to get your edge back, amen? It's time to get your joy back. So I'm going to teach you how to do that. So what do you do when you're swinging at life and your edge falls off? I got some good news, amen. Are you all ready? I had to expose so now that we can release the power of God. All right, so let's look at this symbolically. How do I get my edge back? Number one, be honest about where you lost it. If you know what you're going through and you know your life is dry and empty with God, because we know nobody has to tell us, amen, we know when we're there, you have to go back and find out where you lost it. Was there a place of offense? Was there a place of disappointment? Was there a place where somebody rejected you or abandoned you? Was there a place where the pastor in the church wasn't there for you or there was failure in the pulpit or whatever? Somewhere in your walk with God, your edge fell off and you've been walking this journey empty and unhappy. And you have to go back to the place to find out where you lost it so that God can give you a miracle. You have to find the truth. So look at 2 Kings 6 and 6. Be honest with where you lost it. The man of God asked, where did it fall? See, before God can give you the miracle, he has to show you where it fell. Because wherever it fell is where you need to go back and find forgiveness for. Release forgiveness. Find uh, the grace and the peace of God to let it go. You've got to find out where it's at. For me, I'll share a personal story, and I can't go into all of it, but I got to a place in my life as a woman of God, I was seasoned, I was in ministry in Mesa, and I got to this place where I didn't want to trust God anymore. And I'm in full-time ministry, and I love God, but I was disappointed with God's timing. I was disappointed in waiting, and I just didn't want to trust God anymore. And I about made the worst decision of my life. And I got involved in a relationship, and I got close to marriage, and this is such a long story, but I remember when I finally obeyed God and I ended it, and it was a turmoil, and I called a friend of mine who had been close to the same thing I almost did, and she said to me on the phone, the first thing she said, and I gave my sob story, I gave it the best, right? I mean, it, my heart was broken, I had all these things I was going through, and her first words out of her mouth was, you have to ask God why you allowed it in the first place. And I was like, I'm so mad at her right now. I'm like, who does she think she is? Like, my heart's in a billion pieces. I could give you a scroll why I'm where, I mean, honestly, I could give you a ton of reasons why I'm where I'm at. But she said, you got to go back to where you lost it. Why did it happen? And when I hung up that phone, I had to get out of my self-pity party. And I went back and said, I stopped trusting God. And I got in the way and I got in my own flesh. And I had to find my way back to get my edge back. Because I lost my passion, I lost my joy, I lost my purpose, I lost myself in that whole season, and I didn't realize it was because I lost my ass. Everybody say, but God, <laughs> God always makes a way. Maybe you found yourself, you got into a relationship you shouldn't have got into, and you find your access so dull right now, but God wants to redeem you. Maybe you dropped some discipline of getting in the word, of tithing, of serving, it's time to get back, amen? Whatever it is, you have to get back to trusting God. Find out where you went wrong. And every one of us know how to locate that, don't we? And bring that back to God. So number two, once you locate where you lost your edge, number two, with God's help, take back what you lost. Get it back, amen? God specializes in helping us with what we didn't mean to lose. See, you didn't purposely lose your passion, life experience, 
caused it to happen. But God says, with my help, I'm going to cause you to get it back. So look at 2 Kings, verse chapter 6, 6 and 7. Listen to this. When he showed him the place, he said, where did it fall? Let me take you where it fell. Show him the place. Elijah cut a stick, cut a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. With God's help, you can take back what you lost. Now, in this series, it's been a, a strong series of our step of faith first. God could have raised that ax from the water. God can give you your edge back. God can do it in a minute, right? But sometimes God requires us to step out by faith and trust him and causes us to reach out for that miracle that's already there. If you look at week two, we studied um, only God can send the water, but you have to dig the ditch, right? In week three, we learned only God can multiply the oil, but you have to go get the jars. The last week, we, or this week, only God can make the axe head float, but you have to lift it out. See, that place of passion and joy and purpose and love for everything, you cannot manufacture that. You can't decide, I'm going to wake up passionate tomorrow. Impossible. I've tried it. Lord, I'm going to be on fire for you today, you know, and halfway through the day, I'm still miserable and unhappy. Why? Because God is the one that can give me the passion, but I have to intentionally reach for it. So what is that? In this season, I'm going to participate in the fast when I don't feel like it. Why? Because my axe is at the bottom of the ocean, and God says he'll resurrect it, but I got to do my part. Whatever little part it is, right? In this season of this 21 days, I'm going to participate. I'm going to be intentional with the word of God. I'm going to get teachings that are going to stir me up every day. I'm going to get my faith activated. Why? Because I'm reaching out, and as you're reaching out, that axe head is rising to the top. As you reach out by faith, when I went through that dark season, I had to be intentional with the word of God. It was a dark season, and it didn't go away overnight. I had to get up every day and declare the word of God. I had to wake up every day and speak joy into my life. While I had to go preach in the pulpit, teach uh, leadership, do what God's called me to do, why my heart is in a dark, broken place. But it took me reaching out as God raised the ax head, and God then refilled me healed me, restored me, and gave me back everything and more than what the enemy stole from my life. You can get there. You can get back to where you lost it, amen? But we've got to be intentional with what God wants in this season. Now listen to this. The moment, from this moment that you think, I'm going to believe God to get it back. God's going to restore everything. I'm going to believe God. I'm reaching for my joy, my passion, my purpose back. The enemy's going to be whispering in your ear. And he's going to tell it, you can't do it. You're never going to make it. You've been too far away. You've made too many mistakes. You've tried before and it didn't happen. There's going to be all these lies of the enemy that's coming against you. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? You're going to get it all back in the name of Jesus. You've not gone too far. You've not done something too wrong that God is not able to restore you. Amen? God's going to give it all back to you. God specializes in helping us find things that we didn't mean to lose. Not only specializes it, he wants to give it back to you. God wants his joy in your heart again. God wants his love for the word, your love for the word in your heart. God wants you to want signs, wonders, and miracles, amen. 
We've just got to want it. We've got to say, God, I want my passion back no matter what it takes. Amen? God will make it in reach. He will make it in reach, but you have to get it. Amen? It is possible. Can you, let me say this, you do what you can do and trust God for what you cannot do. That's what you do in this season. You want the miracles? You do what you can do. Do your part. I remember I woke up day one of the fast this year, and every year I love the fast. Every year I'm in a great place and I'm ready for it. I'll be honest, this year was a mental struggle for me. I just didn't even know if I could make it through one day. It was just a lot going on. I thought, I don't know if I am capable of doing this, but I said, you know what, God, I'll get up day one, and the best I hope happens. <laughs> like That's literally, I pray I can do something because I don't, it was very overwhelming to me. And I woke up my eyes on day one, and I said, Holy Spirit, I invite you in. Holy Spirit, give me grace. Holy Spirit, come into my decisions. Holy Spirit, come into my day, right? And I got up, and I had the best day ever. Why? Because I reached out. Because my flesh did not want to fast, I'm telling you. Everything was against you, but I want the spiritual edge in this season, God. I want your fire. I want so much faith to do exceedingly abundantly, be of all I could think, dream, or imagine. And it's not going to happen with my axe at the bottom of the water. It's only going to happen if I reach out for restoration. I want it, God. I want your fire. I want to be consumed for the lost. I want to be consumed with signs, wonders, and miracles. God, I want what you have for me. Can you lift the axe head out of the water? No. But can you lift it out when he brings it in reach? Yes. And that's our job, amen? Can you create spiritual passion? No. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You position yourself to receive what God has, amen? And how do I do that? You pray when you don't feel like it. <laughs> we all know how that feels, right? Prayer is not fun at first. It's boring and it's hard. Let's just be honest. And it takes time. But the moment you get in, listen, I'm going to tell you something and just test me and see if I'm not right. There is a special anointing on this fast. The moment you choose to have worship, I'm telling you, you put that worship, you're going to feel God flood your home. The moment you ask him for a word, you're going to hear him because that's what we're living in in this fast. It is a supernatural fast. That's why I'm encouraging you so much. Push past the flesh that feels weary and don't want to do it and press in to get your fire back. Amen? How do I do that? I worship when I don't feel like it. I don't want to put on that CD. I want to watch the next Netflix series. I'm on number three, and I need number four bad. Episode four, I have to watch. And the Holy Spirit's like, worship me first. No! But when you do, you're grabbing that, you're grabbing that head. When you do it anyway, you're getting that passion back. You're getting that joy back, Amen. And then you'll go to living life, and, and you'll be so happy because you killed the flesh. You'll be so full of joy. You'll enjoy your day because you crucified that flesh. Amen? Share your faith with someone when you don't feel like you have all the answers or you're afraid. Do it anyway. When you don't feel like it, do it anyway. When God tells you to pray for someone, pray for them anyway. Amen? That's how you go for the axe head. I love this scripture in Revelations 2. It says this. You have forsaken the love you had at first. 
Consider how far you have fallen. What does he say? Repent. So, so what? So the axe fell on the ground. Repent. That just means turn away from what you're going through and face Jesus. And what? And do the things you did at first. So when you first got saved and you first got on fire, we did a lot of things, didn't we? We were the first ones in the church to worship. We were shouting and screaming. We had our notebook and our Bible receiving the word of God. We never missed a Sunday because, man, I can't wait to receive the word of God. And then our axe fell in the He's saying, go back, recognize where you lost it, repent. Repent. And then what? Do the things you did at first. That means go back to reading your Bible. Go back to spending time in prayer. Amen? Go back to doing what you did that made you excited for God. Amen? If you want what you, want, if you, want what you once had, you have to do what you first did and go back. Amen? Do what you can do and trust him to do what you can't. Be intentional. I already shared that part of my story. So let me share some things with you. God is the God of restoration. You can get your first love back, and it may seem so far away and so lost because it's been a while, but it is possible with God if you want it. If you study out Joel, the, the script, the, Joel prophesied that God will restore to you what the canker worm has eaten, what the locust has destroyed. What has been destroyed in your life? What joy has been taken? What peace has been taken? What love for God's house has been taken? What has been taken? God says, I'm going to restore it back to you. I'm going to give it back in completion and with happiness and with joy. And you can find yourself truly waking up loving God every day. Can't wait to get to the house of the Lord. Can't wait to be a part of the fast. Amen. And you're not just doing it by the motions, but you're doing it because you're excited to do it. Because you're reaching out for that edge that's been lost in your life. Proverbs, it says that when the devil steals from you, he has to pay back seven times. That's some awesome interest rate right there. Seven times. That's why we're saying the year of miracles. Get your expectancy of what was lost. Who cares that it was lost? Just know that it's coming back with more. More joy of it, more peace of it, more people's lives changed because of it. Why? Because you're getting your edge back with Jesus Christ. God is always about restoration. It is not the end of your story. It is not over because you lost your edge. It is just beginning if you'll get excited. Amen? And it'll be a walk of faith. It will be a little walk of faith, but not for long. One day you'll just be doing this thing by faith. I'm going to get in my word. I'm going to keep reaching. And boom, you're going to wake up with the presence of God all over you. You're going to wake up with the hunger for God's word. You're going to wake up with the passion for what God's called you to do. But we have to step out by faith. Amen? God knows how to help you find what you didn't mean to lose, what the enemy meant for evil. God is turning around for good. He is turning around for good. Amen? I want to read Deuteronomy 30 to you. It says this, God, your God, will restore everything you lost. Just let that rest in your soul. God's going to restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up all the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. How many feel like that's been your life? I have everything everywhere, guys. Guys, I'm going to come pick up all the pieces because I love you so much. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. 
That's the restoration of God, amen? He's going to give it all back to you. All those disappointments and whatever it was are going to fade and wane away, and you're going to be standing like Rocky, victorious at the top of those stairs, amen? You're going to stand victorious in Christ Jesus. The last thing that I want to close with this morning is this. God cares about what you lost. He cares about it. He cares how you feel. He cares what you've gone through. He cares about what caused that ex had to fall off into the water. So much so that he's waiting with the miracle to give it back to you. If you look at Luke 12, verse 6, it says this, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. God says, you are more important to me than the birds of the air. That's how much God cares about you. He knows the hairs on your head. And whatever brought you to that place of disappointment where you became unhinged in the things of God, God is desperately seeking you out to give it back to you. Amen? He's seeking you out to give you your joy and your peace back once again. But you're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to be intentional in these 21 days. And you know what? It may be a wrestle for you. I mean, you may be wrestling with that flesh. Why? Because the flesh has had its way for a while. And the mind has had its way, and it's functioning the way it wants to. When you get intentional with God, it disrupts all of that. But you press through. Listen, press through. Press through by faith. I remember one year our church did a a 40-day fast, I think, in Beloit. We did 40 days, and my dad wanted a word from God. We had had the church a few years, and he wanted a word from God for the church and where we're going to take the church. And he said every day he got up, had his Bible, talking to the Lord, and God said nothing. Day two, opened up his Bible, got his notebook, waiting for God, pen in hand. God said nothing. You know where this is going. Day two, three. Or <laughs> got all the way to the last day 40. And here he is 40 days not eating, probably ornery, if you know Bishop. <laughs> Such a man of God, though, you know, hearing God. Day 40, same routine, Bible, notebook, nothing. And all of a sudden, boom, pages, hearing God, hearing God, hearing God, hearing God. So you stay in this thing. You stay in this thing, and you reach out by faith, and I promise you, God's going to flood in your heart again, amen. It'll be when you least expect it in a worship service, in your car. You can be doing dishes. You may be taking your kids to school. I don't know when it's going to happen, but when you reach out intentionally, he's going to flood your life, amen, amen. All right, give the Lord a praise this morning. Go ahead and stand to your feet. We close this series out. I want to give everyone the opportunity to receive Jesus into your life. And maybe you're here for the first time and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you will be saved. And maybe some of you are here this morning where that erosion of your compromise has gotten into your heart. And you found yourself compromising. And those are some things the Holy Spirit might be convicting you of. I just ask that you repent of those things today. Amen. This is the time. Just get it under the blood of Jesus. Just ask the Lord to forgive you and cover you.
with that blood so that you can step into this season to receive all that God has for you. Amen? We don't have time for guilt and condemnation to do what God's called us to do. Let's let that go. Receive the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. Amen? So I want everybody to receive this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. I invite you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. And Father God, I reach out by faith today for your passion. Give me your joy. Give me your hope. Flood my heart with the power of the Holy Spirit. I receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you said that prayer this morning for the first time or maybe rededicating your heart to the Lord, in the chair in front of you is an I Chose Jesus card. Take just a minute, if you would, and fill that out. We want to get to know you. We want to love on you. And then bring it to the front when we dismiss and get your Bible, a little information about your walk with Jesus. Amen. We want to empower you in how to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. How many are ready for the rest of this fast? Amen. Go back and listen to some teachings, or I haven't listened to that um, Kenneth Copeland one yet, 2020. You sent it to me? You will, thank you. I didn't even know he prophesied that, so go listen to that. Find things that are going to build your faith over the next couple weeks, amen, so that we can build on what the Holy Spirit's been doing in this church. And don't forget, we have a midweek service, 7 o'clock. Pastor Paul is kicking off a Bible college series on Timothy. So... Bring your notebooks. He's going to go deep in the word. Bring your pens. It's going to be a wonderful time together in the house of the Lord. Amen. All right. Love you all. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday.